Losing a quarterback at any time of year, it's never fun. But the impact of losing Kyle McCord when the rest of the quarterback room looks the way it does, man, it hits a little bit harder when this is the case. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Buckeye fans. We made it to the end of the week. Let's celebrate together and welcome in to Lachlan Buckeyes here on Friday, December 7th in the year 2023. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. During today's show, it's a guest that we have on every offseason, generally a couple of times in the spring and also in the fall leading up to the start of the regular season. But I was recently listening to his podcast. Joe will hate me saying that, Ryan, but I want to say it. We're listening to the first team where Ryan Roberts is a voice on that show, and they had a scouting report on Marvin Harrison Jr. So here with us today to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr., Kyle McCord, and also Mayan Williams is Ryan Roberts of RiseAndDraft.com, also of IrishBreakdown.com as well, where he does recruiting for Notre Dame. Ryan, welcome back to the show. Maybe I misspoke with RiseAndDraft.com. Didn't see it in your bio. Is that still where your draft stuff is going? So it's functional as far as everything from the mock draft simulator, the database, like everything's still live there, but I actually moved over to Substack recently. So gotcha. Rise and Draft Substack is where I'm kind of doing my draft stuff pre-draft this year, just a little easier to optimize that content, man. But AJ, appreciate it always being back on the podcast, man. It's always a pleasure. You know, I was listening to the first team, the podcast that Ryan is on with Matt Sims and Joe DeLeon, and they did a scouting report on Marvin Harrison Jr., but also, Ryan's a Jersey kid. The former Ohio State quarterback is also a Jersey kid. So I figured, why not have Ryan come on, talk a little draft, but also talk about the impact of losing Kyle McCord via the transfer portal. It's not fun losing a quarterback, Ryan. But yep. losing McCord right now, when the room is looking like it does, hits a little bit different when you have him leave that room. Yeah, man, I've actually known about Kyle McCord for a long time, Jay. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my my co-op, when I was doing my student teaching, actually is the best friends of Kyle McCord's mom. Because like you're saying, I'm a South Jersey guy. He's a South Jersey guy, although he went to St. Joe's Prep in Philadelphia with Marvin Harrison Jr., obviously. But it is a very interesting conversation as far as losing McCord and, and losing him right now. Because he just came off of what I would I would surmise as a Good first season, not a great first season, but definitely not a bad first season either, right. right? Like he showed promise. He showed a lot of good things. And I think we are harsh to judge sometimes. And we forget that was a first year starting quarterback on the yeah. college level. I mean, he yeah. only had one start coming into the year. And obviously this decision, there was a, you know, the future of the quarterback position. There was a difference of opinion from the team side to Kyle side, obviously. And the decision to leave, which is. Man, I think it's a short-term and long-term effects are going to be kind of wild here, man. Because, I mean, if you're asking me, like, what, what does this do for the quarterback room? One, you lose proven production from Kyle, which, you know, anytime you lose that, it's it's a hit to a degree, right? But now you have a quarterback room that, for going into next year, is going to be Devin Brown, the freshman that will be a redshirt freshman from South Dakota, and then obviously you got Air Nolan coming in. 
you only have three scholarship quarterbacks that are going to be in the roster next year. And in a perfect world, you want four. You want four because you're an injury away or a guy getting beat out away from having to transfer, from a guy transferring and then losing that, that spot as well. So you want four scholarship quarterbacks just in general. And right now, Ohio State has to bring someone in. They have to because they don't have any proven production at the quarterback spot right now. And you're going to be a guy short as far as the number that you want to bring in. So I think Ohio State is the ability. They're going to be in a little bit of a tough spot of, I think they're going to be chasing numbers right now to yeah. a degree. But I have no idea who they're going to end up in the transfer portal. But losing Kyle, obviously, this is the the ripple effect of losing a quarterback that was a starter this year. Is that now you have to find that number. You have to try to figure out what the best for that quarterback position is moving forward. It's very weird how Kyle McCord was viewed by many Ohio State fans and even national media members as well as far as how he was playing. If you look numerically and statistically comparing him to other quarterbacks out there, you would say, oh, he's really not that bad. He's only viewed this way because he's at Ohio State coming on the heels of Stroud a yes. few years away from Fields, Haskins, yep. And JT Barrett wasn't the best thrower of the football, but he was a fierce competitor. And there were things in Barrett that Buckeye fans wanted to see in McCord, which is why some people are saying JT Barrett come in and be the quarterback coach. I don't know if that's a great idea. I don't know how good of a quarterback coach he is, but these are things people are saying right now about McCord. I don't think he was terrible. I don't think he was trash. There were definitely signs of a quarterback that was learning. Even in game number 12, how to play the position at this level, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying, Ryan, he's go he was going to have a Joe Burrow-type second year as a starter, but Joe Burrow struggled his first year as a starter at LSU. So struggles are going to happen. But losing him, 3,100 passing yards, you're going into a bowl game, you don't know who your quarterback's going to be. Now, maybe yeah. you know it's Devin Brown. Okay, cool. But Ken Holtz is going to try to do something to get on the field because Devin Brown hasn't proven himself either. So you're losing your quarterback before the bowl game, which could be a blessing in disguise, but also you're losing a quarterback when you want to go out to get somebody in the portal. Is it Cam Ward? Is it DJ Ui Ungalale? Is it Riley Leonard? Is it Dylan Gabriel? And I'm naming names where if you look out there, they're saying, hey, these guys are targeting these schools. Great. But Ohio State should possibly be able to swoop in and change that mindset of that player but i don't know if that's going to happen losing him now hurts because you could lose two games in a season once again which is a yep. bad mark on ryan day's resume but also it's, it could be a blessing in disguise because you get a bigger look and a better look at the young guys in the room well and, and this is my opinion on ohio state quarterback play is that i think more often than not ohio state should be built off of quarterback development in that room because you have a lot from a skill position perspective that that helps a young quarterback out, right? Like having, I know Marvin Harrison Jr. is most likely going to go to the NFL, but next year you're going to have Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis and the next wave of great pass catchers for the universe for Ohio State University. Like you're going to have those guys that are going to be able to help a young quarterback. And now I think you're in a threat of you already have one quarterback that left the room. I'll pose it like this, Jane. I don't know Devin Brown personally, right? But if you bring in one of the big names that you're talking about, right, which I think they're going to, they're going to try to at least, but you bring in one of those big guys and you're going to call it a, you're going to call it a quarterback battle at first, right? You're going to say, oh, you know, he's coming in, but he needs to prove himself, blah, 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 blah. Even though in reality, we know that they're coming in to be the starting quarterback. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. 
But if I'm Devin Brown, put your mind into him for a second. You just lost one quarterback battle last year. Now you're going to be a redshirt sophomore where you're going to go into this next year losing another potential quarterback battle. You are going to threat to hurt this room a little bit for the long term because you might, for a one-year fix, also lose another quarterback. It's mm -hmm. possible that that happens, mm -hmm. right? So then, that's why I said chasing numbers earlier because you're going to be chasing to try to get to that number four. What was great about Ohio State was C.J. Stroud was a high school recruit over the last few years. So he had grown a relationship in a years of fashion with Kyle McCourt, and he knew that guy's really good. He's a year ahead of me. I need to wait my turn, right? And then that's the same thing with Devin Brown. Redshirting as a true freshman. Knew he needed to wait his turn. And that's how you have a really healthy quarterback room, in my opinion. But if you bring in a guy for a one-year stopgap, even if he's fantastic, and I, I th again, if they get a fantastic quarterback, they're going to contend to be a Big Ten champion and potential playoff team next year. They have that much talent on this team. But for the health of the quarterback room, it's going to be fascinating because you might be trading one-year fix for long-term stability, which is going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on, obviously, this offseason. Ryan, here quickly for you, among those four names that I just mentioned, I'll say it again, DJ Uyunglele, Cam Ward, Dylan Gabriel, and Riley Leonard. Who do you think should be the top two? And I'm going to say one. If you could yeah. just – who are the top two guys saying Ohio State should go after these two guys among this group of four? It's a great question. I, I think for me, if you are going to go the one-year route, you shoot for the stars, right? Of a guy that has a ceiling that can take you to a very high level. And for me, if I was Ohio State, Cameron Ward would be my number one target on the board because I believe Cameron Ward coming from an incarnate word a couple years ago to Washington State the last two seasons – Washington State had one good wide receiver, in my opinion, Josh Kelly, that transferred for Fresno State. But for the most part, the success that Cameron Ward was having this past year especially was because of Cameron Ward for the most part, right? I think if you put him in a, in a situation where there is much more stability at a skill position, the Cornell Tates of the world, again, that I already mentioned, Brandon Innes, Noah Rogers, like all those young cats, and you put that talent around Cameron Ward, I think Cameron Ward could explode, and I think he could be one of the best college quarterbacks in 2024. So Cameron Ward would be my first choice if I was Ohio State, if I was going to mortgage one year for, for long-term stability at the quarterback position. Number two, I mean, I would probably include Riley Leonard, but I, I know Riley Leonard's not going to go to Ohio State. Right. I mean, that's Good just kind of where we Good are point. with it, right? Out of those decisions, I would probably go with Dylan Gabriel because although I wouldn't say Dylan Gabriel gives me the highest ceiling of all time, I think he gives me a much higher floor than what DJ Uyunglele does. Like, DJ looks good on the hoof, right? Like, you look at him, you're like, that dude's big, strong arm and everything. But he's just not that productive. Like, he right. just isn't that right. great of a player. Right. You know, like, he's a solid college quarterback. Dylan Gabriel, although it might be a little bit system-driven, could go to a good system in Ohio State in Ryan Day. And I think he could flourish because every time he's been in a good situation – He's put up a lot of numbers, and he's done some really good things. So Dylan Gabriel will probably be my second choice, Cameron Ward number one for Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a guy that many people believe will be a top 15 pick, maybe top 10 pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Have you wondered what makes him the receiver that he is and what the scouting report says about him? We'll dive into that next on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you 
against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season, and now I can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100 again. Go to prizefix.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for your first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Ryan, I'm still at this point in the show kind of shocked that we're doing this right now before the clock strikes yeah. and we go to a new calendar year in just a few weeks. Normally, you know, this is something we do post combine or yes. you do talk about it on the show and the collective group of wide receivers. And we hit that position group at that time. Harrison Jr. has not declared for the NFL draft. So I don't want anybody, at least at the time of this recording, so I don't want anybody to say, oh, he's going to the NFL. They're doing a scouting report. <laughs> no, this is just to get a, an idea about what NFL people and how he's viewed at the next level. Ryan, the floor is yeah. yours. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a dog. He is. I, I I would say that he's probably in the in a, a group of like three players that I would say is the favorite to be the first non-quarterback off the board in 2024. Because I mean, Jay, like you just don't see this combination too often, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just don't see it. Because one, we always look at the physical talent first, right? What are the tools? Six four, 205 pounds, long arms, good speed crazy catch radius and really good ability to maneuver his body and play with incredible poise along the sideline, man. He has some incredible body control for a big guy and he plucks the football. He plays outside of his frame. I mean, it's it, and honestly, despite him being six, four and being a little bit of a leggy kid changes direction really well, man. Like he runs routes because Just like he his can dad did. really sink. Yeah. And that's, that's the crazy part, right? And the combination part is that, he doesn't look anything like his dad physically. No, they are no. polar opposites. His dad was like six foot, 185 pound route runner, explosive dude, right? We're talking about a six foot four, can jump out the gym, fast, explosive athlete. That also, what does he have similar to his dad? Attention to detail. His dad was one of the best route runners I've ever seen, Marvin Harrison Sr. Jr. is a little bit of the same, man. He can get in and out of breaks with ease, has really flexible hips, can sink, and he is a really good attention to detail and understanding where are the blind spots that I can tackle on a defender, where are the soft spots in zone, how do I create easy separation in and out of breaks? Just such an easy evaluation, man. Like there's some guys every year where you're just like, yeah, guys, like I I, I don't think we can overthink that one, right? Because what's going to happen every draft cycle, every single one in about two months, Jay? We're going to hear people say, oh, you know what? Is Marvin Harrison a little bit overrated? That's going to happen. Some guys are like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm not as big a fan of him as I see some people. And we do that every year because it's clickbait and it's nonsense. But in mm-hmm. reality, he's about the easiest of an evaluation that you're going to find in the 2024 NFL draft. There's not a big hole in his game. 
I don't think he's a great after catch player, but I don't care because he's six foot four. I think he needs to improve his play strength a little bit. That's fine because he's big and he has a good frame and he's going to be able to put that weight on. That's fine. Nobody cares. Ultimately, this kid's going to go top five in the 2024 NFL draft, probably top three when all is said and done. He is going to make a Pro Bowl very early in his career, and he's going to be a perennial thousand-yard receiver and one of the best receivers in the NFL. It's an easy evaluation. Don't overthink it, man. Do not overthink it. He checks every box that you would want. Apparently, he's a great young man, one of the hardest workers on the Ohio State roster as well. Just easy, man. Don't make this one hard. It's an easy, easy evaluation. Ryan, how does he compare? And I'm going to name some Ohio State receivers Man, I'm not going to say like years because I don't know exactly when Chris Carter played at Ohio State. Forget the exact dec- years there. But yep. Chris Carter, yep. um, David Boston, Oof. Santonio Holmes, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I know I named a lot right there. Yep. What separates him, if anything, from those guys? Because all of them, I mean, Chris Carter's a Hall of Famer. David Boston was David Boston. I mean, he was. David Boston was a freak, man. If he would have <laughs> kept his weight in check. Yeah, he was a freak. I heard yeah. at one point he got up to 260. I was like, bro, you're a receiver. Don't do that. That's not needed. <laughs> not needed at all. But yeah. I know I listed a lot of guys there that are Ohio State legends at receiver. Yep. Does he separate himself from even those guys with how he plays at Ohio State? Well, from an NFL draft perspective, right? Like, I, I obviously didn't evaluate Chris Correct. Carter. I didn't Correct. evaluate David Boston. Of the guys that I have seen, right? Which is, I, I mean, I didn't, even, I didn't even, I don't even think I really had a scouting report for San Antonio Holmes. That was even a little bit before I started. But when you're talking about the guys, I'll even throw like the Devin Smiths of the world, yeah. the Noah Browns into the Garrett Wilson bucket with Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jig. But like, of the guys that I've evaluated, he's the best one, Jay. He is. Because he just, again, I loved Garrett Wilson. He was my wide receiver one in that class. I, he one of the highest great receivers I've ever had. But there were holes in his game as far as like he was a little bit of a smaller receiver, right? And there were some things there that you saw to say like, you know, there's still some things that you're not going to ask Garrett Wilson to consistently win jump balls to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. To make plays outside of his, out of his frame a ton. But with Marvin Harrison Jr., there's not a lot that you can't ask him to do, man. Like, throw you want to throw back shoulders to him? Cool. You want him to run routes? Cool. You want him to run vertically? Cool. He just he just doesn't have a ton of holes for him. So of the guys that I've evaluated, he is the best Ohio State wide receiver, in my opinion. Now, I remember David Boston, though. I remember a young David Boston where he had his, his work ethic in check and he didn't let his weight get, you know, too out of hand. And that dude was an absolute marvel of a, of a physical freak. But of the guys that I remember from an evaluation perspective from Ohio State, Marvin Harrison is the clear one for me. So you mentioned there aren't many holes there. Yeah. You mentioned one early as far as yards after catch. Do you What are the holes in his game right now? I mentioned two of them earlier, and that's the only two that I can really kind of pinpoint consistently is he's not a yards after catch guy, but I don't care. Right. Like in the scouting report, though, you're going to write, you know, he's not going to give you a ton after catch. He's not incredibly creative after the field. He's a little bit leggy. So he's going to, you know, struggle to just kind of create, you know, hidden, hidden yards and open field like that type of thing. But my my counter to that, Jay, would be because that's a scouting report. Right. But if I was reading my scouting report and I was talking to myself, I'd be like, but who cares? Because you're not going <laughs> to ask him to do that on the next level. Right. It's just simply I'm not going to. Like San Francisco 49ers offense, for instance, right? 
Marvin Harrison Jr. would not be, he would still be very good, but he wouldn't be the greatest San Francisco 49er receiver of all time because he's not an after catch guy. Like he's just not, he's not the guy that's going to run short intermediate crossers and then break one like Debo did against Philadelphia last week twice, right? Like he's just, that's just not his game. The other one, it which is more of, you can improve this, is I think the play strength could still get better. Right. Like I, there are some times where he's working outside the numbers down the football field vertically where I'm like, he gets knocked off the sight line a little bit. He, when he goes up for a 50, 50 ball, he's going to get knocked a little bit around at times. Cause at six foot four, probably closer to six foot three, he's only 200, 205 pounds. Right. So like, let's add another five strong pounds up there. So when you're going to elevate or you're working down the field and working off of contact, you don't get knocked off as easy as possible. If that happens, then he's he's literally uncoverable down the field because with that body control and that length he has and the good speed he has, he's going to uncover consistently down the field. But so the only thing physically that I would say is one thing that I want to see him improve is the play strength. Let's get it not to a, a okay solid level. Let's get it to a good, very good, potentially elite level eventually. If he can, then again, like literally there's no holes in this game from a physical perspective. You heard me say earlier that Marvin Harrison Jr. and Ryan also confirmed that will be a, a future first-round pick, top-10 yeah. pick in the upcoming draft if he declares. Will there be any other Buckeyes that will be first-round picks? We'll have Ryan predict that next on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Ryan, I know this is a little early to do this because sure. literally there's only been one Buckeye right now that has declared for the NFL draft. But if mm-hmm. you know the roster, you know the talent, you know the guys that are really, really good, those that may enter the draft that aren't really first-round talent. Yep. How many Buckeyes would you predict right now will be first-round picks? So I just recently did a mock draft where I had three total Buckeyes go in the first round of my first first-round mock this real draft. Quick? Yes, go ahead. You predict it. I would love it. Denzel Burke. Denzel Burke, number 32 to the Philadelphia Eagles, my recent mock draft. Yes, I had Denzel Burke. So Marvin Harrison Jr. is another one. And then Tyleek Williams. No, sorry, JT. JT, sorry, I'm stupid. Nope, not JT either. I didn't have either one of them. I could see JT potentially sneaking in there. I had a Mecca going into the first round. Silly me. Silly. Oh, you're good, man. You're good. Well, hey, he's been hurt most of the year, right, Jay? Like he hasn't had the obviously the season that he wanted to. And that's obviously assuming that the medicals come back and you're good and and there's no issues there, right? But I still think that he is a potential star receiver on the next level in the Kyle Shanahan-esque type of thing, right? That is an after-catch dynamo. 6'1", 205, has played inside, has played outside. 
but he is a really gifted athlete in short spaces, can run routes, and he's a dynamite after catch. So Emeka went in the first round for me. I think he was like wide receiver four off the board. Okay. I actually I ended up having like seven receivers go off the board oh, in a first wow. round mock, which was wild, man. It was the most I think I've ever mocked in a first round of wide receivers in, in my life, I'm pretty sure. But then I had Denzel Burke going 32 to Philadelphia Eagles because Denzel's been really good this year, man. Like he has. I mean, he's physical. He was always talented. It was just about consistency, right? Like getting your eyes in the right spot consistently, playing the ball consistently. And he has been a very consistent football player this year. So, yeah, Denzel Burke, I think, is going to be in that conversation, man, because 6'1", 190, athletes and physicality, it's stuff the NFL likes. And I liked a lot of what I saw from Denzel this year on film. If you're predicting something else, the two defensive yep. linemen that I mentioned that were not in your first round mock, yep. who do you, would you predict gets drafted first, Tyleek Williams or JT? It's funny enough. If you would have asked me this in the preseason, I would have said JT to Molau without even like hesitating on it because I think that he he's like just a he, nothing nothing special about him physically, right? But like he's just really solid with everything he does. You know, good hands, good attack, good pass rush plan. Like he just he's a consistent football player and he plays hard. But I, if you ask me that question today, I think it's going to be Tyleek Williams as of today, and that could change. But I thought Tyleek was dominant at times this year, man. Like, I thought he really – I, I think him losing weight was a great thing for him this year. I think that that was really good, and that's something that we talked about in the preseason. Like, I wanted to see him trim right. down the body weight right. a little bit. He looked healthier. He looked more explosive. I think he was dominant, and the thing that I would – why I would predict that is it's not a great interior defensive line class in 2024. It's pretty good at edge, though. It's pretty good at edge. You know, you're going to still have the Jared Verses and the – the Dallas Turners and the Liatu Latus out of UCLA. Like, it's a pretty deep uh, edge class. Interior defensive line, though, is not fantastic. So I think that Tyleek has a chance to be a riser just because the demand is always still going to be there. And I don't think there's a lot of, like, foregone conclusions at the top of the interior defensive line class. Henderson, another guy. Yes. I think I think I'm leaning towards him staying. I don't know. I don't know exactly if he's made an announcement or anything yet. Do you see third round? Or fifth round for him right now. I'm get, but I'm skipping the fourth round on purpose yeah. because we talk a lot about his injuries and him just not being the most durable guy out there. When yeah. he's durable, he was great. However, against Michigan, when he got physical, things were a little bit different. That was also a really good defense. My day. I'm not trying sure. to like like talk trash. That defense is really really good. They are. Would you say third round for Henderson or fifth round? Well, if Henderson would declare, which it looks like he's not going to, more than likely, right. like right. I. I, I think that he would have gone probably top top 75, you know, somewhere in that ballpark because not a great running back class right now. I mean, literally already Raheem Rocket Sanders out of Arkansas is going back to school and also entered the transfer portal. He's going back. You're going to have Trey Benson. You're going to have Blake Corum. Blake Corum's a little smaller, though, so some people are going to nitpick that part of him, obviously. Trey Young, I think, had a chance to go decently high in this class. I, I mean, I'm out on first round I'm probably even out on like high second but like if he would have snuck into late second round I wouldn't have been shocked because he has things that the NFL is very appealed to and that's speed and explosiveness and anytime you have that you're going to rise up boards there's there's decent amount and also I think it was good that for the most part he was pretty healthy this year you know like he played a lot more than the previous year and he was a lot more effective than the previous year so I think he if he decided to come out I do think that he would go somewhere on day two probably top 75 but ultimately, it sounds like he's going to go back, which is it's an interesting decision, yeah. to say the least, in a lot yeah. of areas. But I, I think that he would have been a, a 
I think it would have been wise for him to attack a less than stellar running back class because I think his value could have risen a little bit in this class. Honestly, I think him staying with Dallin Hayden, who I do believe will get a bigger role next year. Yeah, I don't think that helps Henderson's case at the next level. I do think Henderson could be a big piece of the pie for the Buckeyes offense next year. But if Dallin Hayden, if it's a one-two punch, like a one guy gets 12 carries, the other guy gets 10, I don't know how that really helps Henderson's case as far as NFL draft evaluation goes. It's going to be weird, Jay, because, look, I understand maybe there's a a need for Travion to – and I'm not even going to talk about the NIL stuff that everyone's talking about, obviously, with the decision to come back. But from an NFL draft evaluation, maybe – the the a, a thing that Travion is thinking about is like, hey, I had a pretty healthy season. If I have another one back to back, then durability is not a concern anymore. People aren't going to talk about it as much. And like, I get that, but also, you know what they are going to talk about now, Travion? You're I guaranteed if you go back to have more tread on the tire than what you have right now. Correct. Guaranteed. There's no doubt that that's going to happen, right? But that, in fact, like that makes guys hesitate a little bit. And we all know on the NFL level. Getting to the second contract is what matters most for a player. Matters most. And a running back that shelf life is already limited? Uh, I always recommend if a running back is going to get drafted and drafted relatively high, go to the NFL as quick as you can. Just go. Just go, man. Just make it happen. And the decision to go back, I just, I think it potentially does more hurt than help, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Ryan, honestly, what maybe didn't make a lot of sense to me when I first heard the news was Mayan Williams going to the NFL coming yeah. off of a year where we talked. So we in the preseason, you and I talked about Tyreek Williams and you touched on, hey, maybe cut a little bit of weight it happened. We saw the product that was on the field when he made that move. I think Mayan came into the season a little heavier than expected or maybe heavier than he should have been. Yeah. Also, I don't think he was fully healthy. I was actually at the game week one. My wife and I were there. And we were sitting, we had pretty good seats. So outcome from the tunnel is Mayan Williams and the other running backs and offensive players for pregame warm-ups. Mayan comes out there, and I'm like, oh, he's not healthy. Now, yeah. I know what the preseason conversation is and the running back competition and battle. I hear all the things that come out of Columbus. He didn't look healthy. Also looked a little overweight. Also, ultimately, in the middle of the season, had an injury. He was ruled out for the season. Yep. I don't think this is a wise time. For him to declare for the NFL, I compare it a little bit to Master Teague, where I think Master Teague should have transferred down, but he went to the NFL, and ultimately, I don't believe he's playing football anymore. I can see the same scenario for Mayan Williams, where you maybe transferring was the best idea for you. Instead, it's to the NFL in a couple of years. I could easily see him not playing football anymore. I really liked mine Williams in the summer, man. He was a strong, physical downhill dude who did all the dirty work, right? I mean, we talked about it, Jay. Like, yeah. I think it was a foregone conclusion to be a day day three pick based upon what he did in 2022. Just just from the simple fact that he does the little things that help you build a stick on a roster. It's awesome. But what Naya needed to do this year, Maya needed to stay healthy Man. because that's been one thing. I mean, even last year, a little bit got banged up at the end of the season and he broke down only playing in six football games this year. It's not going to help his cause. No, it's no. not because I don't expect him to go to the combine, for instance, and blow anything up. I don't expect that to happen. Like he's going to run a below average 40. Most likely. I think his jumps will be solid, but nothing special. I, this was a situation where you had a really difficult injury played year. 
you need to try to go back and go out on a different notes because for him, it's going to be about health and consistency because I'm not drafting a kid in the four, in the later rounds as a backup running back, potentially in special teamer that has durability concerns, not going to do it. Why? Because you need to depend on that kid, right? Because if your star running back goes down injured, I need a kid that's going to be able to come in for a couple games and be able to be that, that workhorse, you know, in a, in a couple instances. And I don't know if Mayan has shown that he can be that guy potentially because he himself has durability concerns. So I, whether it was at Ohio state or taking a transfer portal opportunity somewhere else, I do think he needed to go back to school. It's a very puzzling, puzzling decision because before the season he had late day three grades in general, like he had six round grades by a lot of scouts and based upon the season that can have helped that that stock. So, I mean, he's, we're talking about maybe a borderline draftable player, maybe a priority free agent. Like that's what we're looking at with this type of valuation right now. So it is a very curious decision for sure. Ryan, if you could let everyone know where they could follow you on Substack, your Substack website, um, yep. so people can follow you there for all the draft conversations. Uh, Ryan, appreciate you coming on the show once again. But also, before we turn it back over to Ryan, Ryan, will, unless something changes, will be on the show um, leading into the NFL draft in the spring. We always do every year discuss the Buckeyes that enter their names into the NFL draft. And Ryan goes sometimes position by position quarterback, running back, receiver, to talk to on that specific position group, those players in it, and lets us know how they're viewed at from an NFL point of view, goes over the scouting report, and where they might get drafted. So we'll definitely touch on Harrison Jr. again, and Abuka, and Mayan Williams, <laughs> and probably some guys on defense as well, as I have a feeling that there'll be a few Buckeyes declaring for the NFL draft. Ryan, I'm done talking. We're going to keep a follow you on Substack, the podcast, and also on X. I'm still yeah. weird. It's still weird saying X is not Twitter. <laughs> I know, man. It was, I, I do think about it sometimes, though. It's like, you know, when we first got on Twitter, though, was saying tweet me a, a weird thing to be said as well. I mean, I guess it has every <laughs> every every um every every habit has to break, I guess. But yeah, yes, on X and on Substack, it's the same thing. You can do rise and drafts like shake and bake rise and draft. Make sure to go there. All my draft contact will be on sub um, Substack for the remainder of the draft process. I will be down in Indianapolis, for instance, in the combine this year. And any rumors or things that I hear down there will be for the premier subscribers on Substack. So rise and draft on Substack. And then at the first team college football and NFL draft podcast on the Believe Podcast Network is where all the podcast content will be going there as well. We're really getting down deep now into the NFL evaluations again. We were kind of doing more just like uh, players that pop to us and key storylines on a week-to-week basis. But now we're getting back to the NFL draft grind, folks. And, Jay, thanks for having me on as always, man. I appreciate you. No problem, Ryan. I love having you on the show. And, guys, you can follow me on X, which is formerly known as Twitter, at jstevens07. Send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. We made it through another week. Unfortunately, there's no Buckeye football tomorrow, but tomorrow is the Army-Navy game. I definitely encourage everybody to watch that game. I think it's on CBS. Not sure if it's if that's exact or true. I think it's on CBS. Definitely watch that game. And then also gear up and get ready for Ohio State's battle with Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. Ryan, they're not favored to win this game. It doesn't sit well with me, but the Buckeyes can do a lot to prepare for this game so that they are victorious in the final game of this season.